Before we get started on Office Talk with Raleigh Magazine, we'd like to tell you about the Miracle Moments Luncheon to benefit Easter Seals UCP Port Health. Earfluence, which produces this podcast, is a proud sponsor, and we'd like you to join us May 1st, 2024 at 1130 Eastern Time at the Hilton Garden Inn in Cary. This event helps raise funds and awareness for the life-changing direct services provided to more than 40,000 children, adults, and families living with disabilities, mental health, and substance challenges so they can live their best lives. We'll put more information on Easter Seals and the luncheon in the show notes, but again, that's Wednesday, May 1st at 1130 at the Hilton Garden Inn in Cary, and we hope to see you there. Attention bourbon lovers, are you ready for a taste sensation like no other? Old Raleigh Distillery, recently awarded Best Micro Distillery in the U.S., invites you to experience the art of whiskey blending firsthand. Located just east of Raleigh in downtown Zebulon, the distillery specializes in premium, micro-batched bourbon, and limited-release whiskeys. Visit the tasting room Tuesday through Sunday to savor a wide variety of whiskeys, specialty cocktails, wine, and beer. And don't miss a chance to peek behind the curtain with a tour of the blending operation every Saturday and Sunday at 1 and 2 p.m. For more information and to plan your visit, visit oldraleydistillery.com. Follow on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Old Raleigh Distillery for exclusive updates and behind-the-scenes content. Old Raleigh Distillery, where every sip tells a story. Cars are underutilized assets that sit idle 95% of the time. A vehicle ownership is getting more expensive every year. And so they recognize that cars possess this sort of unique interest to break barriers and foster connections. Like we've said that about sports and things like that. You're listening to Office Talk with Raleigh Magazine. I'm your host, Gina Stevens. You may know Raleigh Magazine, but what you may not know is how we get our stories. It's all inside baseball. You'd be surprised what people will tell us. RMO is telling stories no one else is telling. So this podcast is where you get the inside access to stories you won't read anywhere else. So let's dive into some of Raleigh Magazine's biggest stories. Whether you're a car lover and you love hitting the road or your thing is to sit in the passenger seat and read a good book, don't tune out. Raleigh's car culture is fueling up. With me today to chat about what's driving this complex car culture is Raleigh Magazine Editor-in-Chief Melissa Housem. Yeah, I mean, it's a very dynamic and vibrant and evolving scene. You know, I think, like, cars are always there. You know, we've always had them. People probably don't think about it too much. But I think how we got this story and how it really snowballed into one of our features and the issue is pretty cool. Um, And it really started with a conversation about a concept you stumbled on. Well, it probably started during COVID when you couldn't buy a new car. And I think people were having to— put their wants and needs aside. And um, then I stumbled upon Tora, which is the the basically the Airbnb for cars, yep. the app. Yep. But, I mean, it really got us talking and thinking about shifting culture of cars. And for more than half a century, the car has been the sort of centerpiece of American culture, and it defined your status in the world of ambition, of personal freedom. But a lot has changed in the time between boomers and the younger generations and how we think about cars. 
Yeah, it's funny too because one of the nicknames for um, Gen Z is Zoomers, and so that's you know a double entendre here. But really, Gen Z has um, well, they've changed a lot of things for us. But one of the things that they've changed in this context is you know there's a delay in getting driver's licenses, or some of them are even turning their back on driving or car ownership altogether. And so when when we first started kicking the ball around on this story, it was like. Okay, on the one hand, I feel like car culture is, you know, coming back or exploding in ways it never has before, or the interest level, right? And like, we know all these things like the scarcity and all these niche clubs that are starting. And then on the other hand, it was like, but there's this whole generation coming up that like doesn't give a shit about cars, right? But what we found when we decided to dig in is that that was not entirely true. They, their interests have changed, but because of like Formula One, video games, the strong sense of nostalgia, look at the 90s, it's everywhere right now. You know, there there's an interest in cars that doesn't necessarily mean they want to rush to get a driver's license or rush to own one. And that's where Turo and things like that come into play. Well, and don't get me started about driver's ed. I mean— <laughs> Folks, we need to teach kids how to merge into traffic. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go off on a tangent for five minutes. Please do. My daughter went through driver's ed. I live near 540. Her high school is near 540. So naturally, you would think they would do driver's ed on 540. Teach them how to merge, how to get yeah. off. Never. They didn't put a single student out there. I'm like, have you lost your— So we, we ended up getting her permit— Way off Western Boulevard. Mm -hmm. So what do we do? We're hopping on 40 and 540. I about had a heart attack. Every time she turned <sighs> around and took her eyes off the road and looked over, I'm like, no, 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 no. That's what you have mirrors for. So driver's ed, we need to teach our kids how to merge and how to drive on. Absolutely. We had to get on the belt line. Um, I did it in Raleigh. We had to get on the belt line. But that's crazy that they don't make them do that anymore. But I was also reminded this weekend, ironically, that we got in an accident in our driver's ed car. And then everybody goes, Melissa, were you driving? And I was like, no, assholes. I was not driving the car. No. But do you remember how they have the brake on both sides? So what it was was that the driver's ed, I was not driving. And the driver's ed teacher got nervous that the driver, the student driver wasn't going to stop. So he slammed on the brakes and we got rear-ended. <laughs> I lived on a farm. I learned how to drive my dad's truck sitting on a phone book when I was like eight. So I, you know, I get that sounds really backwards and no, whatever. it doesn't. Today, kids go in. I mean, my kids have all been in the car with someone that has never been behind the wheel and didn't know where to stick the key. I well, learned how to drive because we were in Raleigh. I learned how to drive in the Sanderson parking lot, and mm -hmm. then when we were ready, we went on back roads. And then the this was all fine and great until my dad decided he wanted to teach me to drive a stick. And I was like 13 on the neighborhood road, and I didn't know what to do when I jumped out while I was driving. <laughs> okay, things not to do. This is for another episode because we digress. I, I drove a school bus in high school, and so I— I love that. And it obviously was a stick, so that's an experience all it own. But getting back to what we're supposed to be talking about, I mean, it really is. It, a lot of things have shifted. So if you haven't heard of Toro— my kids brought this to my attention. It's an app. You can—and let's say your car is broken down like our producers, um, <laughs> and you need a car, and you don't want to go through a rental, or you just need it for two days here, and next week you need it for a day mm -hmm. or two. You can go on to Toro. You can pick a car, look at what's available— um, and there's everything from a Prius to a Toyota to, um, I rented a convertible Corvette. Yeah, super deluxe. For the options. weekend. Yeah. Um, wasn't even sure exactly how to drive it when I got there. I'm sure that guy was terrified when I drove off with his car. But— Did you feel like Christy Brinkley? I did. I drove down 540 <laughs> in that car after I picked it up, and I thought, hmm. yeah, it was very fun. That, but, it, but I didn't want to own that car. 
It yeah. wasn't practical. It didn't make any sense, but it was so fun for the weekend. They also recommended it um, when I was in San Diego last summer. Yeah. I was like, oh, should we get an Uber? Should we take the public transit? And everybody was like, car sharing, car sharing. We it's, didn't do it because I didn't know much about it a year ago. But but, it, but but one of the stats from the story is cars are underutilized assets that sit idle 95% of the time. A vehicle ownership is getting more expensive every year. And and so the guy that I ultimately rented from, I mean, see, I didn't know him. You put your insurance in. You pay, you do everything over the app. You pull up at the address, pick up the car, you return it full gas, just the way you would a rental car. Yeah. Um, no problems. And you take photos when you pick up the car, the outside, oh, cool. to make sure there's no ding or anything. But that was his point. I can rent it out two weekends a month and pay for my car and my insurance. Huh. And he can do it during the week or he can keep it for the weekends. It, it, he goes, it makes it possible and it wasn't a, it's not a business situation. He's got more than one car, but he wanted to have this car, and he thought it was kind of cool. I think it's a neat idea. It really is. Like, I mean, I think that the, even just the side hustle aspect of it, of, like, thinking about doing it with your own car is really fascinating. But, I mean, Turo is, you know, that's an incredibly popular app. It's in 11,000 cities across the globe, and— you know, hundreds of thousands of active hosts and vehicles. and They talked about 320,000 cars, 2.9 million active guests. That is a thriving business that you don't hear about. Yeah, I know. When you brought it to us, and I think it's interesting that you said, because I'd forgotten this, that you heard about it through your kids because that was the point that mm-hmm. uh, somebody else made about Turo. So one of the other people we talked to about the popularity of cars talked about how car sharing was becoming more popular with the younger generations because then they didn't have to own cars. And so— Well, and and you've all heard the stories. You're traveling, you fly into a city, and suddenly the car that you reserved is no longer there because during COVID, rental agencies sold off their cars. Mm -hmm. And so there's been such a shortage of that. This gives you a way to rent a car. Maybe you only needed a car for a day, and you don't have to, you know— that whole thing where you, if you rent it for a week, it's cheaper than a day and all that. Yeah. All those, all that's gone out the window. This is so much easier to do. And it's all on your phone. You don't have to deal with someone. And your car's there. Honestly, I feel like we're solving the producer's problems right now. Yes, She's I gonna think we just— She's going to come on later in the episode. She's going to be like, oh, I've, I've got to—now I've got to know what I'm going to do. But it's just one of the things. I mean, that's part of what led to you know us talking about this. There's the cars and coffee. Again, Super I have cool. boys, and so I've been exposed to a lot of things that I might not have been exposed to otherwise. It's the first Saturday of the month, different theme every month. When my kids were little and fascinated with cars, we drove over to a grocery store parking lot in Morrisville on a Saturday morning, and there were all these souped-up cool cars, and the owners were standing there. My boys could walk around and take photos and look at them and talk to the guys, and then they would all start their cars and drive out of the parking lot super fast, which was kind of cool. That is cool. In fact, it was at the outlet mall. Oh. The one that went out of business in Marsville in oh, that parking I'm lot. I'm not going to think yeah, of, I, of it, it, but yeah. Yeah, but that was just, it was a great, and I mean, that was 10 plus, 12 plus years ago. Mm-hmm. And now it has exploded. The first time they did it, they only had 30 cars in attendance. And now it's like 3,000-plus cars each month when they show up. That That's crazy. I know. And like 50 or 75 of those are exotic cars. I just think that's so cool. It's such a cool concept to have something like that here, mm-hmm. you know. And oh. like the interest is just exploding. 
Well, and and it and it's fun. I mean, especially if you're a kid who loves cars or an adult who loves cars. Um, a lot of them are people who've restored cars or they've souped up their you know Honda Civic, done cool things to it. But you should check that out. I mean, I you know read the story, but there's a lot of good stuff about that. Yeah, and then another one that's emerged is CarSpace, which is basically this buzzy new private co-working space and social club. Um, and it kind of turns cars and co-working on its head. Um, it's already attracted more than 200 members, you know, as of the time that we went to press, and it's it's pretty new. I think the backstory is pretty cool. It was a group of locals um, who were each at a pivotal moment in their professional journeys, and they bonded over a shared love of cars. And so they recognized that cars possess this sort of unique interest to break barriers and foster connections. Like we've said that about sports and things like that. So engaging in these conversations about cars created a sort of rapport, professional relationships, friendships. And so that's how they built CarSpace out of that. Like, yeah. I just think that's really cool. They see it as a launch pad for member success. You don't have to have a car or even love cars to use the co-working space. But, I mean, obviously it would attract people who do. Um, and they have a bunch of stuff on the horizon that's coming up that I think people should really keep an eye out for. Yeah, I mean, they're going to do a TED-style talk series, chef-prepared dinners and wine tastings. I can't wait to hear what the TED Style Talk um, series is going to be about. Um, Electric versus diesel versus gas. I mean, fuel, you know, I'm I'm being funny because I'm sure it'll be more in-depth than that. But I just wondered what their topics could possibly be. Oh, I know. I know. I mean, it sounds like there's a lot of interest in, well, cars, obviously, but also just in like professional growth and community. Mm -hmm. So it might be that, but... I think it would be funny. There probably would be one on, like, hybrids and why you can't find one. <laughs> anyway, they're going to have a second car space debuting in Charlotte next year, um, and Charleston's on the way. So there was definitely an interest in it, and I think that was sort of the thing of all these merging things and realizing they were all emerging at the same time and that there was a market for it. Well, their marketing was pretty cool because they started emailing us about it, and we were just fascinated by, forget the whole car thing, all the images they were sending us of this great co-working space oh, and yeah. you're like oh it's super modern it's super cool and they're calling it car space and you're like what what's the connection but it's really great space i think it's so funny that they have a cocktail bar and cigar lounge in there they also incidentally have golfing and racing simulators that make more sense to me but like i mean i guess this is one way to get around drinking and driving you know what i mean like you could just be well, there with you, the cars you're not driving them well so. you haven't been to the carolina exotic car club so i got invited to a charity event and it's this beautiful space with all of these, you know, exotic cars, oriental rugs on the floor. I mean, it's just a beautiful space. But when you walk in, it's mahogany and dark wood and a bar and big leather sofas. And you can join whether you have a car or not. Be a member. Come there and entertain clients. Have it, you know. But it started out, the owner, which I love this part of the story, the owner who started it, Basically, he was a car collector, and his wife came home. As the story goes, I don't know if it's true, but the story is that she came home and went, enough. I can't get in my own driveway. Enough. They have to go. And so he went out and built a storage space. And then he kept adding to it as his friends would say, well, can you get me in? Is there room for my cars? And so that's how it was born. And so now it's a place that people can store their, you know, it's not their daily driver or it's a car they've restored. And that's led to it. The pictures on their website are super cool. You know, I mean, it's just, it's, I mean, and you describe it well. It's, yeah, it's really gorgeous. But I think it's funny that that's how it emerged. And 
I also, it's funny to me to picture Raleigh as this place where we have all these people who live here who need a place to store their cars. Like, I I don't know. I just, like, one of these things is not like the other. I you don't really know. should go to one of these cars and coffee and just check it out because you would see how many people have these oh, I know. cars they've souped up, restored. It's, it's amazing. amazing. Yeah, yeah. jinx. It's, it's, <laughs> so um, in this, we also looked at what's most popular, like, trends in yeah. terms of, like, not just the cars themselves, which we did dive into, but also, like, whether it's hybrid or electric. And so, um, you know, one of the things that Turo told us when we talked to them was, like, what's most searched for them are the electric cars. Mm-hmm. And then beyond that, um, they gave specific models like the Lucid Air, Mercedes, the Rivian R1T. You know, this means something to, to somebody. To, to somebody. I was like, yeah. a Lucid Air, I'm like, I don't know what that is. But they have this super deluxe f- feature, which I kind of like mentioned earlier, where you can get, you know, because they have, like you said, all cars, yeah. right? So, But if you really want to like <laughs> go all out, you can get this super deluxe model. And so one of their most popular one that's um, searched for that or attracted the most attention is the Rolls-Royce Ghost. Which, have you ever driven a Rolls? I have not. Uh, no. Yeah. I can't imagine having a Rolls and letting someone out. else drive letting it. Letting someone <laughs> else drive it. I thought about that as I was driving that Corvette down 540, and I thought I was. And I'm like, if I had this car, I don't know that I would share nicely. It's insured. If it yeah. breaks it, if I wreck it, I'm responsible. My boys tried to convince me. Oh, they spent three solid days trying to convince me that we should buy one with the plan that we would Toro it. Yeah. And that way it would pay for itself, and then we could have this. And I'm like, no, because all I I would never be able to go to sleep because I'd be sure that one of them was sneaking out with the car and getting killed. So no way. I mean, they're not wrong. Like, that's how people pay off their beach houses and things. But, like, I don't think I would share my beach house either. I think it's just so much work to, like, that's so much work. Yeah. But maybe these people that turro out their cars— I just made it a verb. Maybe they actually do like what beach houses ha- do and like how they have a service that mm-hmm. cleans it and everything. I don't know. Well, and I think the guy that I did it with actually has two. Cars? And, I, uh, and oh. so one of them he tore is one Corvette and the other one he keeps. And so, oh. you know, it's like the people who have a beach house, but one side of it they rent out and the other side they don't. So it pays for. You know, it's like you got to have money to make money. Like yeah. he had enough money to do that, but then he's going to make money off of it. Yeah, for it's sure. genius, really. The other thing is we talked to Stephanie Stanick. She's the executive director of Wake County New Vehicles Dealers Association, and they're behind the North Carolina International Auto Expo that's coming in September. But she definitely helped us dive into, like, some cutting-edge features that were going to be in the upcoming vehicles as well and some other cool things about the auto show. Gina's very excited about I the auto I am show. excited. I think it's—so she is—was a school teacher. Um, who decided she wasn't sure she wanted to go back to teaching this year and took over this job for a gentleman who was retiring. I think he was in his 60s or 70s. And so here she is, this young, she's got great ideas, family, mom. The car show is the 8th, 9th, and 10th at the Raleigh Convention Center. A couple of quick things. It is not a sales thing. It's not like going to a boat show where they're going to, the whole time you look at it, somebody's trying to sell you something. There's no salesman there. You're there to look at the cars, get ideas. Manufacturers provide the cars, not the local dealers. And so no sales pressure. It's a $15 ticket. All the proceeds from the event overall support Wake Tech and their automotive program and the Boys and Girls Club. And it can be a family event. There's going to be an event um, Thursday night before called a Sip and See, (laughs) which, you know, that's what they do when a baby's born. You go at Sip and See. (laughs) Because let's face it. They'll tell you 
women make the buying decisions when it comes to cars. Yeah. Most families, the women make the decision. That's a good way to get the women out to the car show. (laughs) sip and see for the family. (laughs) But tickets are already on sale. It'll be a super great event. And it's the largest car show in the Southeast. Oh, so they yeah. have all the models there. So she, it's pretty cool. Yeah, she had a lot of knowledge. I think it's worth grabbing the issue just talking about some of the things that you can expect to see in the upcoming cars. I always think that's what's so exciting. Like I'm leasing a car now, and I, it, the lease is up next month. And I'm trying to decide if I'm actually going to finally buy this one or just release. And I was, I had convinced myself I was going to buy it. And then this is actually funny. I already meant to tell the story. One of my friends, so I'm leasing like the Lexus like SUV, and one of my, and I couldn't afford it if I didn't lease it. That's how you do it, right? But one of my friends just bought. They tried to buy a car from Johnson Lexus, and they didn't have any hybrids, which just leans right into the story. Mm-hmm. Like it's so popular. This, my friend found a hybrid on a train headed to a dealership in Maryland and bought the car while it was on the train, sight unseen. Like, this was like the housing market. Anyway, so I digress. But I'm trying to figure out if I'm going to buy it. And anyway, I went to see his car when he got it, and I saw all the new features. Since they're both the same brand, I was like, oh, God, I think I might need to release. But cars have gotten crazy. I mean, I have a friend um, who bought a Yukon Denali, new, 23. It was a hundred thousand dollar car. Oh my I'm god! I'm sorry. No, I, 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 no offense to them. More power do you. How everybody should have what they Adopt want. Adopt me. But no. seriously, <laughs> that's a that should be a house in some, in some cities. I know. Um, but wouldn't that be nice? That is. I was astounded. I love all the bells and whistles. I love the fact that the the sunroof isn't a sunroof anymore. It's the entire top of the car. Oh, yeah. On the way back from Charlotte, I was in my buddy's truck, and he kept opening. I didn't even—it scared me the first time he did it. He is the four-seater trucks, the nice big ones. He kept opening—I think it's the Denali. He's opening the window behind my head that was opening horizontally. Mm -hmm. The first time he did it, I was like, what are you doing? It's so cool. Can you imagine this stuff? And and I um, love—and these are bells and whistles that I clearly don't have in my car. But where you see the—there's a stop sign. It's all in your front windshield. Oh, you know, so you can see the speed. You can see what the speed limit is and what you're driving. So you're not constantly looking down. You see. So you're talking about the ones where, like, when you're driving, it has the speed like written across the windshield. Mm-hmm. Yes, the first yes. time I ever saw that. I mean, listen, it takes some getting used to. My car beeps when there's someone behind me and buzzes when I get on the center line, and I think that's a big deal. Like some of the stuff that's coming is like this is oh. cool. I, um, yeah. I mean, lots of built-in Wi-Fi and, like, different—you've seen the self-driving and self-parking cars. I mean, we know that exists. But it's starting to come—these things trickle down, you know, like, they're not just in the fanciest cars anymore. No, absolutely. Know? So, anyway, I think it's super exciting. Um, but one of the other things we did in this feature that I think is the most entertaining is we had a local comedian, Spencer Bland— Reveal what he thought your car says about you. So I think Cece wants to come play and with he, us now. And, and <laughs> we're not offending anyone. These are jokes. These are all jokes. Back he poked fun at funny. everyone. <laughs> and so, interestingly enough, I think Melissa just didn't put Lexus in here. So that the, <laughs> somehow that Lexus is not on the list. I, everyone sneaky, else gets. Sneaky. I was reading it with one eye open. Like, what's he going to say about me? I'm going <laughs> to First of all, welcome, Cece. And Hi. Also, I really want us to go off the top with Gina reading which car she drives because he did include oh, that yeah. one. And he hit the nail on the head. No, he didn't really. So um, I have a old BMW convertible, mm. the little four. I do. It's old. It's many years old. So old, I'm not going to tell you how old it is. So I kind of, this applies to me. But he said, you think cars are a status symbol. 
you're better than everyone else. That's what you tell yourself. But no one knows that you got this car for like 7000 off Craigslist <laughs> because it's constantly in the shop. <laughs> ding, ding, wah, ding. Wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about you? Um, well, right now I drive nothing because <laughs> I'm waiting for a part that could take six months to a year. But I drive a Ford Focus that's not on this list. What I think that says, though, the people who I know who drive Ford Focuses and myself can get a little crazy. Same for a Ford Fiesta. You can really whip that thing around. <laughs> and it's not super It's not super unsafe, but it's not super safe either. It's kind of like the middle of the road, but like I feel like the people who drive them have no fear. Like I definitely yeah. could be more careful. My mom just told me to slow down a lot when I drive her around. <laughs> but some of these are hilarious. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the Tesla one is one of my favorite. Um, you think you're saving the planet with your space car, but you've never <laughs> recycled a day in your life. <laughs> Um, you try to forget your car is a rolling ad for a guy who ruined Twitter. Oh, well, yeah, that's yeah. really true. It yeah. is true. I know. He nailed that More one. today than ever. I yes. mean, the part about Elon, if you own a Tesla, like, you know. You, you could recycle you, your car, though, since it's mostly plastic. That, that's <laughs> true. The Prius is Lauren's favorite, so I have to I have to read it. It's You either really care about the environment or you really care about not paying a ton for gas. Regardless, you're probably a very interesting person, but no one knows that because you drive a Prius and don't have friends. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> I will say the car that I'm looking at next is probably a Prius. Um, oh, I burn. Know. I didn't yeah. know that. <laughs> so I was well, you I literally, if you open up my laptop over there while you're talking, I was looking at used Pre-I, however you say There are two Lexuses. Is it Lexi? Yeah. Um, <laughs> while you were talking. So ouch a little bit, but also <laughs> like I kind of like it that way. Yeah. You well, know? you definitely have friends. So, yeah, I guess. Know. But I think he just really nailed this. This whole thing is so hilarious. Yeah, I would definitely recommend it. I love the one about the Corvette. You're still not over the death of Dale Earnhardt. To honor him, you tailgate everyone, even in school zones. That is so true. They are rare when you see them, but I get like that is so accurate. I love to. We just talked about that this this morning, this one, and we were because we were talking about coming on the podcast, and Lauren was like, like it's so specific, even in school zones. But yeah, it's still true. Too. It really is. I love Dale Earnhardt. When I was a kid, that was the first, um, my first outfit that I dressed myself in had a Dale Earnhardt T-shirt underneath the gingham dress. So I love. Love Maybe that. I should That's get a Corvette next. Maybe. Ooh. How about Pontiac? They still make Pontiacs? <laughs> <laughs> you really nailed that. Yeah. So oh pretty my gosh. funny. You have, all really so you funny. have to pick it up and read about your car. But I'm convinced you need to get the Toro app. And maybe you could solve your— I actually was looking at that while you were talking. I'm not going to lie. It might solve it for a day or two because you don't need a car every day. No, so. not every day. Um, Six months is a long time without a car. I know. I am kind of sad. I mean, at this point, I'm like, I hope they just take the thing and I can start anew and I can look at this list and think, who do I want to be next? Yes. And pick a car from that. You can pick based on the weather. You can have a convertible this week and you could have a, you need to move. You're coming up, you're moving in your right. house. You could get a Tahoe or something large. Mm -hmm. All right. So a little rapid fire. We're going to go around the room. Melissa, what was your first car? So um, my first car was a 1982 two-door RX-7 with a choke. And I have to tell you, it took me a straight 24 hours to remember the word choke. Like, I think <laughs> I remembered it right before we were recording. But I was like, oh, it's like a pull knob that you had to pull to start the car. I was so excited. I think this car was like $1,000. I was so excited that my parents did this for me. And then I got in it. I was still excited, but I got in it and I was like, what do you mean I have to like pull a button to start the car? And it was an automatic. The I was so too. confused. <laughs> yeah. Well, too much yours? I had a 2011 Kia Rio, and I loved that car, except for it was kind of like a golf cart with re with wheels on it and, like, doors. It was, like, super unsafe. 
<laughs> um, I once, the first accident that it had, I accidentally rear-ended five guys training to be highway patrolmen who were going on a break from highway patrol school, which was really quite a funny experience. And it just kind of accordioned in. So then we got that fixed. And then a couple months after that, actually about a month after I got it back from getting fixed, I went to Crabtree with a friend while it was raining and it drowned. <laughs> so, oh my god, it didn't last very long. Drowned, <laughs> yeah. Kyle, Kyle the Kia drowned. In Kyle the Kia, deck. yeah. So you had a car that drowned, and I had a car that burned. I was in grad school. And <laughs> Fire just, and water, yep. baby. And I have one that rolled. So my oh first my car was in nineteen seventy five. Like car astrology. Kelly Green Volkswagen Beetle. Oh, I love that. It I love didn't it. Didn't have seatbelts. Oh, oh my dangerous. gosh. Uh, yeah, I rolled it. Um, Oh, my God. Didn't mean to. I'm glad you're still here. I am. Rolled I, it end over end a couple of times. Oh, my God. Walked away perfectly fine on my nine lives, but yeah. Same, yeah. And crushed the top nice and flat, so. I wanted a Volkswagen Beetle so bad for so much of my life because I wanted to match my Barbie. My Barbie had a yellow Volkswagen Beetle. So when I was a kid, I was like, that's going to be my car when I grow Maybe up. that's what you should get next. Maybe yes. I should. Also, I, I have a question for that. you, Gina. I said two-door, but I meant to say two-seater. So my first car was a two-seater. And I think the psychology of that was like, oh, okay, the 16-year-old yes. can only have one other person in the car, but no okay, now that I'm not 16, where can we, do you think I only had one other person in that no. car? No, there were three other teenagers in the trunk. We stuffed them wherever they will fit. So this was technically my first car that was purchased for me, even though it was 20 years old or whatever it was when my dad bought it. But the very first car that I drove to school was my dad's, like, 1975 white Cadillac two-door, red leather seats. The back seat was as big as a twin bed. It had an eight-track player in it. He honestly, his thought process was— she can't get hurt. No matter right. what I did, there yeah. was no way I could get hurt. So we could cram 20 girls. In <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to say that. If I could fit five in my two-seater RX-7, six maybe. I will is there some way my parents cannot hear this podcast? I will <laughs> say I did ding at least one car in the parking lot. I mean, it was— It's like a boat It was like It was bigger than a boat. It was huge, but— so that only kept that a <laughs> like week a or two. But, yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Party bus. All right. So what was your favorite car you've ever owned, Cece? Um, well, I've only owned two. Okay. <laughs> so I have my Ford Focus and Kyle the Kia. I really did love him. He was special because he was my first car. But I've had my Ford Focus since 2016. And I had it just the summer before I went to college. So I had it all through college and through my early adulthood. I and I loved it. Forget him. how young and... Perky, yeah, you are yes. representing Gen Z. Yeah, representing. Yeah, I loved him. He was great. I'm saying past tense because I really don't think I'm going to get him back. But Aww. he was wonderful. He was a wonderful Fred. Fred the Ford Focus. I really don't great. think you can wait six months. To a year. No. To a year. For I really a part. cannot. And I can't fathom how many people like you there must be out there waiting for that particular part. Yeah, I'm very frustrated. I've called every Ford dealership. Listening? Yeah, I've called every Ford service Tell center them what the part is. in the area. I need a transmission control module. <laughs> so like <laughs> a very critical piece of the car. Essentially right now I have about, it's probably worth like what, not much, $8,000 maybe. I have an $8,000 bench if anybody is <laughs> looking for a place to sit. It's going to be powerful if somebody comes through with that now. Yeah. All right, so Melissa, what was your favorite? Car. So um, the one that burned was a Mazda MX-6, and the insurance money kind of perfectly paid for this car that I didn't think I wanted, and it ended up probably being mm-hmm. my favorite. It was a Mercury Cougar, and when my dad first pitched this to me because I was in school, I was like, 
No, I'm picturing like the old ones that were super big, but they had redone them to kind of be in that MX6 Prelude mm-hmm. class. And it was, oh my God, it was definitely my favorite car. I, I did what you did and re- wrecked it. Mm-hmm. But, um, <laughs> so I didn't get to keep her forever, but she was fast and sporty. What was yours? So mine was um, a Triumph Spitfire, red. It, oh. But it had a hard top. Not a soft top. You need a car that's called a Spitfire. So you had to lift the top off. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So if you got caught in the rain, you got caught in the rain. It had special features. It had an electric fuel pump, which was in the trunk that very often at a stoplight would just stop. And so you'd have to get out. My dad would go, just massage it a little bit. And it'll start back. I'm like, whatever. (laughs) And so when it was time to go off to college, he was like, you can't take that car. You You will get stranded in Athens. There's no way. So, um... But if you could drive any car you wanted to, money being no object. Honestly, my mom got a car. It's a BMW, so sorry to Spencer Bland. But it's a <laughs> BMW convertible. It's like, I think she got it last year and it was new. So it's does that make it a 2023? I don't know how I the years so, were. I think. Something like that. Um, and I love her car it like it has the thing on the windshield that tells you how fast you're going the stoplights it puts the directions for the map up there if you have a map maybe you should tour a mom a new car and keep your car right her car wouldn't that be nice um i and it's so it's just it's a great fun to drive car it pretty much drives itself love that and the roof goes up and down yes so that's probably (laughs) honestly my dream my dream car and i get to drive it now because i don't have one yes yeah i don't know i'm still thinking do you have one I really don't. I mean, so I made the bold choice back in February to trade a mom, obviously of four kids who had been through too many vans and a station wagon, decided to go with a two-seater, a two-and-a-half. I guess I have a half a back seat, if that's what you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And I was the person who hauled everything. First time I went to I'm not doing it anymore, <laughs> and I'm making a statement out of the fact that I'm not doing it I anymore. think there was a part of her that forgot that she still owns a magazine, and we haul a lot of things for right. events. Or it's basically like the, that I still grocery shop for yeah. boys and, and a house full. The first time I went to the grocery store and I came back to my car, I was like, what the? How am I supposed to get it all was in I here? had to put the top down to load the car oh and put the top back up. Yeah. So, oh. but, but I, I probably would say I would stick with a convertible. I could be happy with lots of different variations. Probably one slightly bigger than the one I have would be a yeah. little bit better, more functional for my life. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I, I do miss being tall. Up above things. Oh, yeah. I've just, I've always loved sports cars. I was like, when I was really little, my parents still owned them. I'm like, hey, what up? You have a child. You know, they never went, but it's the only child. Yeah, your only child. They didn't have to worry about it. They just stick you wherever you fit. Exactly. (laughs) And then my dad eventually started traveling for work. They made him get sedans. And so it seemed like a family car. But yeah, so I think being raised on them, for the most part, I just have always loved them. But I don't know if I have one in particular that I'm going to drive, you know. Cars are fun. They are. Or a pain in the ass. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Fun and stressful. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Cheers. Cheers. This has been Office Talk with Raleigh Magazine. I hope after hanging out with us, you feel more like a Raleigh insider. You can find copies of our magazine around town or subscribe for $10 for 10 issues. We'd love it if you gave this podcast a rating and review and share it with your friends. This podcast was edited and produced by EarFluence. I'm Gina Stevens. We'll see you again soon.
Want more of Raleigh Magazine in between issues? Visit RaleighMag.com and subscribe to our newsletters. They come out Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. Five-minute read keeps you up to date. And especially on Friday, dish on this, where to eat, where to drink, what to do this weekend. Subscribe for free at RaleighMag.com.